0: Welcome to the Rhodes Church podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. I'm going to start a new series today and a couple, let's see, it's been probably over a month ago, God started speaking to me in prayer one day, just dropped this phrase, basic training. So I'm like, prayed into that. I'm like, what does that mean? What are you doing? Is this something we're going to talk about? And then he put this tag on the end of it, uh, The Making of a Soldier. So the title of the next series that we're going to start on today is called Basic Training, The Making of a Soldier. So we're going to jump into that. If you've got your Bibles, the sermon notes are available there to uh, check out on your worship guides, or you can get on the YouVersion Bible app and you can follow along. The sermon notes are available there as well. Uh, but here at the Rhodes Church, we get excited about the Bible. I hope you got your Bibles today. Whether you got your physical Bible, paper edition, or if you got your phone, you got your iPad, whatever you got, you need the Bible in your life. So we, we expect God to speak something to us so we get a little happy about the Bible. So if you've got them this morning, let's get them out. Mount Carmel, come on. I want to hear from you. Let's get our Bibles out. Let's open them to 2 Timothy chapter 2. Woo! All right. e family. Great job. Great job. I've seen people hollering in their own houses. Love it. 2 Timothy chapter 2. The making of a soldier. Now, you say, may soldier. Why are we talking about soldiers in church? You know, the question might be, why do we need soldiers in general? You know, do we need soldiers just during wartime? I mean, do we need them during peacetime? We're not in any major uh, declared war right now, so what do we, why do we need soldiers? Why do we keep recruiting soldiers? It's important for us to understand that soldiers are needed for both conquering as well as defending. Soldiers are not always just taking ground, they're also defending ground that's already possessed. Possessed. We have soldiers stationed all around the world in areas that are not in the midst of war, but they're just stationed as a presence. They're stationed intentionally and directly. We have bases all around the world. I don't know how many countries. It depends on which uh, website you want to believe. Right now, it's hard to find a website or a media outlet that you can trust the source. But we have bases all around the world many of them, thousands of soldiers around the world, sometimes they're just a presence in that area. And we talk about soldiers and being a soldier in the kingdom of God. That's what we're talking about. Are we in the midst? I want to present it this way with this question. Are we in a war right now? Not physically, not naturally, but spiritually. And the question was, are we ready for battle? So as I was thinking about this, and praying about it, I was thinking about what's going on. And God just started speaking to me about what's happening in our world. And he dropped this basic training, the making of a soldier. And I'm like, God, what do you you want to do? So listen, so the after, I'm going to start today talking about the soldier. And then we're going to get into the actual practical making of a soldier or what Jesus talked about in Matthew 28, making of disciples. He said, go into all the world, all nations, and make disciples. Make disciples. Disciples. Make disciples. He didn't say, go into all the world and make services. It's too easy to get in the habit of a church life that we make services happen and we just hope that disciples come from them. I'm not a good enough preacher to make disciples from sermons, disciples are made through relationships. Disciples are made in engaging, in receiving, and giving what God has given us. Disciples is where you take what God's given you and you apply it and put it to practice. So we're going to talk about this today. I don't want to get too uh, too much ahead of myself, but here's what I believe. I believe God is raising up an army, and I know that's kind of a churchy cliche phrase. The army I hear the sound of the army of the, all this stuff, you know, maybe you've heard these songs, maybe you haven't. But when we talk about the army of God, you know, people get excited. Here's what it means. I truly believe the body of Christ, Christianity, the church, the mobilized church is the hope for the world. And I believe we are in the midst of a war. And I just finished our Living in Liberty series. And as I was preparing this week, I felt like I needed to go into Living in Liberty part eight. Because there's so many things going on right now that I want to speak into, and God's had me pause on that, and I'm going to come back around because I believe he's directing me to do an end time series in this fall. And so we're going to do this basic training, the making of a soldier, because he's wanting us to literally lay out a format, how we're specifically and strategically going to make disciples. And so, all right, let's go ahead. Let's talk about it. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Sorry, I'll get into this. I'm, getting, I'm thinking about the whole series, and I just got to start. <laughs> all right. Verse 1 says, you, therefore, this is Paul, context, Paul, the Apostle Paul writing to one of his protégés, Timothy. And this is his second letter written to him. So he's kind of pouring into his son and giving him direction, spiritual son, not physical son. He says, you, therefore, my son. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that you've heard from me among many witnesses commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. I want to stop right there and pray. Father, I just invite you, Holy Spirit, to speak to us, bring this word to life. We have nothing without you, but Lord, I pray that clarity of thought and presentation will abound. But Lord, I pray far beyond that, I pray for manifestation of your glory. I pray for the tangibility. I pray, God, that you will speak to us right where we are and make yourself known. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Somebody say Amen. All right, so here's what Paul's saying to his spiritual son, Timothy. Notice in verse 1, he says, you, therefore, my son, be strong. Everybody say, be strong. Be strong. strong. You, therefore, my son, be strong. Say say it again. Say, be strong. Be strong. strong. Like, Like, no, be strong. Be strong. Be strong. So if he's saying, be strong, that's a directive, right? So if he's telling you to be strong, is it an option to not be strong? It is. Or why would he tell you to be strong if it's possible for you not be strong? So he says, "Be strong." And that word "strong" there means empowered, enabled to cause. They have the ability to do something. So you're empowered. You're enabled. You have the ability to do something. Be strong. Be strong. What? Notice what he says next part. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So now he says, "Be strong. Be enabled. Be empowered in the grace." that is in Christ Jesus. This is important. There's a place in the grace of God where we are strengthened, we are enabled, and we are empowered. When a lot of people talk about grace, they talk about it a lot like it's passive, like it's just something that's just come on them. grace of God. It's a passive thing. It's just God's uh, goodwill towards us, his favor towards us, his feelings towards us, and all that is true. There's a, there's a definition that's... Uh, uh, Unmeasurable favor, or un, uh, what's the word? Um, yeah, there's a word for it, I just lost it. Unmerited, thank you, thank you for that. This is why we like crowd participation at our church. Because sometimes you can help the preacher out. Unmerited favor, all that is true. But here's what you need to also know about grace. Grace is not just how he feels about you. It's how, how he feels about you impacts you. There's one thing for God to feel away, but it says, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So, in that grace, in that place of embracing how He feels about me, His unmerited favor, His kindness, all of that, when I embrace that and walk in that, that place, I can be strengthened. I think about this scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and Paul writing, He said, my grace, he said to me, This is uh, Jesus had said it to Paul, and he's quoting him here. My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Now, notice what's happening. You've heard it, and I don't want to re-preach this scripture, but I believe this scripture is taught out of context way too many times. The people preach it that my grace is sufficient for you, So he says, my strength is made perfect in weakness. So they're saying this, really the scripture is saying, just suffer in silence. God's grace is enough. Just deal with it. And I don't believe that's what the scripture is saying at all. I believe it's giving us a directive on how we can be empowered with strength through our weaknesses. That his grace, his enablement, his empowerment is sufficient that when I am weak go and read the next verse because it says it this way, it says, "Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, and in reproaches, in needs and persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am. Whew. So the, the verse is not saying, "Hey, just suffer in silence. Tough luck, buddy. That's not what my grace is sufficient means. He's telling me, my grace is enough to enable you, empower you to be strong when you are weak. And this is what Paul's telling Timothy. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So in the grace of Jesus Christ, God's feeling, God's grace is, oh, Lord Jesus. So this sermon isn't about this, but I just feel God just speaking about it. God's feeling towards you was manifested through Jesus. Jesus is an expression of God's feelings toward you. So in Jesus Christ, that strengthens us. So if you feel weak this morning, get in Jesus and his grace will strengthen you. As soldiers in the battle, we need to get into the grace of God. We need to get out of the striving of ourselves, step into the grace of God and be strengthened when we are weak. All right, so now let's go to the next part. (sighs) Look what it says in verse verse 2. That was verse 1? Wow. All right, got to hurry. <laughs> and, and the things that you've heard from me. Now, I want you to check this is out. This, this part is about the army and how this works. Notice the progression. This is Paul writing to Timothy. And the things that you have heard from me. This is Paul. He said, now you've heard some things from me. In other words, I've taught you some things. Where did Paul get taught? Paul was taught by the Lord. He said, from the abundance of the revelations from God. So Paul heard from the Lord. Then Paul turns around and gives to Timothy. What does he give to Timothy? He gives to Timothy what he got from God. What God showed him, he gave Timothy. He said, the things that you've heard from me among many witnesses. Now notice what he tells Timothy to do with what he got from Paul who got it from God. He says, commit these to faithful men. Okay. God speaks to Paul. Paul takes what God says, speaks it to Timothy. Now he says, Timothy, you take what you heard from me, and now you begin to commit it to faithful people. In other words, tell other people. Tell others about what you've heard from me. In other words, don't let it stop with you. Pass it on. Pass it on. God's done something in your life. You're like, well, I I just can't save. I don't really have much. God really don't know much. You know what God showed you. You've got your story of victory. You've got your story of overcoming. Tell it to other people. And then notice what it says after that. Commit it to faithful men. Why do you give it to faithful men or women? It says commit it to faithful men or women who will be able to teach others also. So now we we got this layer. God speaks to Paul. Paul speaks, speaks to Timothy. Timothy commits to the faithful men and women. And faithful men and women start teaching others. It's a multiplication. This is what God wants to do in the the body of Christ is he wants us to multiply our efforts and too many people are sitting on the sidelines think they don't have have anything to offer and God says you have something to offer. Start giving what you have. We're not here to make services that people observe. We're here to train and send out to go into all the world and give what you receive. We're not in here to sing, oh, blessing, glory, thank you, Jesus, love on one another, have a little bless me service, take care of ourselves, our own little club, and just love on ourselves. Oh, that world out there, it's going to hell. I can't wait till Jesus comes back and takes us out of this stinky place. No. That's not what the Bible's about. It's for us to take what God has given to us and then release it to others, to multiply the gospel, to say, I don't know everything, but I know something. Here's what God's done for me. Will that help you? And what God's done for you will help somebody. It may not help everybody. Not everybody likes me. I know that's a shock. It's a shock to me. <laughs> or Some people just don't. You're not going to meet the needs of everyone. You're not going to connect with everyone, but that's okay. You've got something to offer, and that's what Paul's telling Timothy. He said, Paul, Paul said to Timothy, hey, Timmy. Don't let it stop with you. I'm not pouring into you just for you. I'm not even pouring into you just for the faithful men that you're going to commit it to. I'm pouring into the ones that they're going to teach. That doesn't touch your life just so you can be blessed. That's wonderful. That's great. That's great. I love a good blessing. I love a, yeah, I love whatever. I, I love when God touches my life. But don't let it stop there. Let's go. The world needs a little bit of hope if you haven't seen. They need a little bit of something of what the body of Christ is supposed to have. So let's, so let's get into that. To verse 3. We got to speed. Put the metal, pedal to the metal. Look, so you got to teach others. Look at verse 3. you there? You, therefore, so he's telling Timothy, you, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Whoa, Lord, is that, is that really a verse in the Bible? Can we skip that? Endure hardship. You must endure hardship. You must endure hardship. Here's what that word means, in case you're not sure what hardship means. It's two words in the English language, but it's one word in the original Greek language what the New Testament was written in. It means to undergo hardship. Be afflicted. Suffer physical pain or distress. Sign me up for that one. Yes. That's a, my word from the Lord. I receive that word of knowledge. Right? Nobody wants this one. The amens go way down when you talk about enduring hardship. Fuck you, we must endure hardship. The crowd goes wild. Now we're like, skip. I want blessing and glory and honor and power. Yes, prosperity and abundance. That's what I want to hear. That's what I want to hear too. But he also says that you have to endure hardship. There's a message to the body of Christ because we're in the midst of some hardship. And we got to, <laughs> I got to work on my grammar. Sometimes my kids make fun of me in the way I talk and I'm trying to work on to be more proper in how I speak, but I just come from a, I just I feel a certain way sometimes. I think about it and I, so I'm, I'm, God just saying, "Hey, we cannot be surprised when we endure hardships. We can't be surprised. We can't be surprised." Now, when I say talk about enduring hardships, it's not about being a masochist. I'm just saying I just want hardships. I'm suffering for Jesus. But it's also not dancing around the truth that we will have to endure distresses and difficult situations. We will have to go through physical pain. Remember, the symbol of our faith is a cross and not a couch. Well, how do you identify with the Christian faith? The, the predominant symbol is a cross, it's not a recliner, it's not a padded chair. It's a cross. And Jesus said, hey, if you want to follow me, just climb your pretty little self up on top of that thing and die every day. Yeah, Yeah. come on, follow me. Come on, be one of my team members. Come on, be on my squad. Be on my crew. Go ahead, crucify yourself every day. Be a Christian. (laughs) Yeah, it's part of it. It's part of it. We won't talk about that part we don't want to talk about that. That's the problem. We don't want to talk about it, so when it comes, we're not prepared. Right. We're not expecting it. We should be expecting it. We should, be, we should know it's coming. We're prepared for that. Here's what I'm talking about. Notice what he says. Too many times people will say we endure hardship. People place the emphasis on what we go through, the suffering, the hardships, the pain or distress, instead of how we go through. That's good. He says endure hardships. As a good soldier. Sometimes people stop and just want to talk about enduring hardships and it's the what we go through. What I go through helps me connect with you and relate to you. How I go through provides you an opportunity for hope and encouragement. If we only connect on the what, we're not gonna go very far. Oh, you're depressed too? Me too. We're connected. And I can relate. I get it. You lost a loved one. I did too. We connected. We relate. That's the what. But we need to know the how. How do we endure hardships? It's not how do we avoid them. How do we endure them? How do we get through them? How do we overcome? That's what God wants us to walk in the body of Christ. We've got to give the how to somebody. We can't just connect on the what. I've got to say, yeah, I've been there. Or I haven't been there, but I know somebody who has. And here's what God did for them. You went through a divorce? I know, me too. I know somebody who did. I know that somebody you can relate to that. But here's what God did to give them the hope of what to do now. I'm here. If I only connect on the what, we're stuck. And God says, I want you to connect on the how. Go through it. He says, endure hardship as a good, shoulder, a good soldier. How do we... Endure hardship as a good soldier, not just a good soldier, not just, not just a, but not just a soldier, not just a good soldier, but a good soldier of Jesus Christ. A good soldier is equipped and trained for opposition. Here's what you need to know about a soldier. And again, I I was preparing for this, and I got studying. When God first first spoke to me about basic training, I started studying uh, boot camp, watching videos for that, started talking to different people that have been in the military, and and I got excited about it. Because I've I've always wanted to be in the military, and it's funny, I get two predominant questions. You can ask my family everywhere we go, I get two questions. Almost every time, on the money, they ask two things. Number one, they say, How how tall are you? It's always the first thing. The second question, what branch of the military were you in? If I get on an airplane, if I'm somewhere, they're always asking me. I don't know if it's because I got a short haircut or I just... Look like military. I don't know what it is, but I always get asked that question, and I begin to ask about that, I begin to pray into that, and it's because I believe God has designed me a certain way that I think a certain way and feel a certain way. So I got stirred up when I was thinking about this basic training. So I'm watching these videos, and I'm like, man, I could, wish I could have done, wish I could have been through. I want to go through that. And he said, listen, remember this about basic training: soldiers are never trained to be stationed in the barracks. Soldiers are always trained for battle. They're trained for battle. They're trained for conflict. They're trained for opposition. In basic training, they don't teach you how to hide and avoid, they teach you how to overcome. They don't go through all this training and say, Now, now, listen, when a war breaks out, here's how we hide. (laughs) (laughs) We dig these holes and we ride it out. Here's a shovel. Here's how we get in camo and we try to blend in so nobody can see us. They don't teach that. They teach that there's going to be conflict, there's going to be battle, and they train you how to overcome. They don't train you just in defense tactics, they teach you offensive tactics. And this is what in the body of Christ we got to have. We got too many just learning defense tactics in the body of Christ, not enough learning offensive tactics. To me, just trying to avoid problems. I'm just trying to avoid conflict, trying to avoid this, avoid that. I don't want to say this. I might offend them. I don't want to say that. I don't want to do this. I, don't want, I just want to blend in. I don't want anybody to see me. Yeah, I'm a Christian, but I don't want anybody to know it because I don't want to have any persecution. You can't see me. Right? I believe the world's crying out for the Christians to rise up show themselves and give something, give, give an answer, give an answer, we've got something to say. We think sometimes that winning is defined by the lack of challenges in our, in our lives. Sometimes we think mistakenly, because we're, we're trained for difficulty, we're trained for opposition. Sometimes we think if we can just get through this difficulty that we're currently in, that all of our troubles will be over. If I can just get through this struggle I'm in right now. If I just, that all of our world goes around the current struggle. If we could just get through coronavirus, all of our troubles will be over. No, they won't. No, they won't. Because if it's not this, it will be that. You get through this one thing that you think, oh, Lord Jesus, give me through this and I'll serve you forever. Anybody ever prayed that prayer? God, if you'll do this for me, I promise I'll give you my life. You're like, it's the one challenge you're ever going to have in your life. No, there's another one coming. But here's one to encourage you with it. You're like, that's really encouraging. Chance. But here's what you need to know. We use, we've got to understand, we just got to embrace that resistance and opposition is normal. Fighting is normal. In a soldier's life, you're created for battle. A soldier in the body of Christ, you're created to fight. You're created for resistance. So we're going to use the strength is created by resistance. Resistance causes you to get stronger. So we're going to use the strength that we gained from our previous struggle on our current struggle. Anybody ever been through anything? God ever brought anybody through anything? Well, what God brought you through, because you went through and kept working through it, it gave you the strength that you have now. And now you're going to use the strength that you have now to help you with the opposition that you're going to face or the struggle you're going to face ahead. We've got to just embrace the fact that we're going to have to endure hardships. We're not going to be surprised. We're not going to be shocked when difficult situations come. We're going to embrace them head on and say, we're here. Here we are, the body of Christ Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords we're ready we're ready okay opposition okay coronavirus okay we're ready for you we're ready we're ready we're not hiding we're not intimidated we're not scared not because of us but because we're in his grace in his grace when i am weak i am made strong so i am depending on something bigger than myself so we have hope for the world it's not if we get this person elected or that person elected it is if jesus We got something to say. We got something to say. There's always something that's gonna fight you back, both internally and externally. There's always something that's gonna fight you back. I wanna encourage you. Um, Psalm 34 said this Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. We are soldiers. We're called to be soldiers. Go to the next verse. Verse 4 says, No one engaged in warfare. Engaged in warfare just means engaged in a battle, in a war as a soldier, to fight a battle. Anybody fighting any battles right now? No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. That word entangles just means to twine or braid, become involved to the point that it interferes with other activities. Entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Let me break this down for you more. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. Engaged in warfare. Here's what we need to know. We are in a war. We're in a spiritual war. And we can't be surprised by it. you got to wake up ready for it. i got a bunch of scriptures I might not have time to get to, but I'll just reference this one. This one I use every day when I wake up. First thing when I wake up, first thing I, I start to speak, said, so be strong in the Lord and the power of his might put on the whole armor of God for we wrestle not against flesh and blood doesn't say I don't wrestle it just says I don't wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places I set my mind right now Lord I am expecting a spiritual battle today I'm ready. I wake up expecting it, not shocked by the time I step out the door. Oh, I got these thoughts. I want to say right now, I'm ready. I'm ready. Because he says we don't wrestle against the spiritual wickedness in the high places. So put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in that evil day. Having done all to stand. It goes down and puts on the armor. So I go through and I put on the armor. Put on the belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, feet, shot of preparation, gospel of peace, shield of faith, quench every all the fire darts, the helmet of salvation, sword of the spirit. Put it all on. That's a whole ordeal, but I did it real quick. I put it on because I'm expecting a battle. I'm expecting. I didn't say I want it. I didn't say I was excited about distress and hardships. I didn't say I love them. I just said I'm expecting them. Because my Bible says, Chad, you're going to have to endure hardships as a good soldier. You're a soldier. I don't care if you're a male or female, you're a soldier. It's time to fight. You're equipped to fight. You're trained to fight. You're trained to win. The Green Berets don't train you to lose. They train you to win. They train you to overcome. They train you to be victorious. Do some people die? Do some people face a burden? Yes, but they're trained to keep on going. And we'll talk about this and how it works as we get into more detail. But I just want to encourage some people today. and people watching online right here in the auditorium, Mount Carmel. I, I feel like God is saying, I want my soldiers to rise. He says, I want you to endure hardships a certain way. We're all going through this. The entire world is going through hardship right now. But you know the difference is how you go through it. What we're going through is not going to change. How we go through it is drastically going to change. Quick story to illustrate it. How we go through is very important. As a good soldier of Jesus Christ, as we have been trained. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to do through basic training. We're going to do basic training. Training on prayer. Prayer. Training on reading your Bible. Training on the Holy Spirit. Training on warfare. Training on what it means to be a disciple. Training on the Holy Spirit and the gifts. Training on operating in your gifting and talent. We want to do intentional things because we want to do it the way God taught us. Example. Early on in Donna and my wife Dawn, our relationship, we were just dating. And uh, so she, I was over to see her because she was really sick. And uh, no it wasn't, she was was in my house, she came by my house, sorry, doesn't matter we're there, she's sick, her throat, incredibly swollen got all these big white pus pus pockets on it, it was nasty I was like, (laughs) ugh she couldn't talk, aching rewind, me, child, grew up sick all the time asthma, allergies, strep throat a lot of problems strep throat the big deal God speaks to me about he wants to be my healer I'm like okay I don't know anything about that so he started having me practice on healing and p- applying his word and I started praying into it speaking in it the first thing that I got victory over was strep throat and I practiced on that because I knew it wouldn't kill me so I mean you should practice on small things all right that's a healing training we'll do later to me people trying to pray to God After everyone said there's no hope. Start with a headache. But anyway, that's just training. So, I and eventually, got healed of that, no more strep throats. Haven't had one since. That was 18 years old. So, I went to pray for Dawn, knowing that God has done that for me. So, I was like 25, something like that. Go to pray for her, and I I didn't know her too well. You know, I I didn't want to freak her out. Because I, I, I'm kind of militant on my own. And so when I pray for something, I, I go after it. And, and uh, so I prayed for her and I just prayed a, a nice prayer. I said, God, I just pray that you touch Dawn. Pray that you heal her. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Just praise you for healing her. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Alright, so I'll come back, check on you so I go outside go out sliding glass door into my deck I get out there and I'm a little little bit frustrated and God speaks to me he said is that how I taught you? I'm like no but I don't want to freak her out this is kind of going good I don't want to mess it up she might be the one we might have five kids someday I don't know that part I made that up. But he said, is that how I taught you? I'm like, no. But I just said, but I don't want to freak her out. He said, do you want her better? Which one do you care about the most? Entangles himself to the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Like, who do you want to please? Do you want to please her? Do you want to please me? Too many times we're not doing what God's taught us to do because we're afraid about what other people think. I don't want to come on too strong because I don't want to offend anybody. What if you're coming on strong is the hope they need? What if you coming on strong is the joy they need? What if it's the peace they need? We've got to come with some strength. We can't come with some milk toast just, well, I just hope it goes away. We've got to come with what God has given us. So I'm standing there. I'm like, okay, I'll do it. hey, can I pray again? Yeah. Now, I'm going to pray a little different. Okay? I just want to give you a heads up. This is how God taught me to pray. She's like, all right. And so I begin to pray. And I'm not talking about just being loud to be loud. It's not about volume doesn't equal authority. I begin to pray from revelation that I knew who I was and i knew what god had given me so i began to pray that way and i called on god and I began to rebuke that off of her throat, and I commanded it to go in the name of Jesus. And I'm, I'm saying that I, I'm not in details on how we have people like, well, write down. So you said, what? You, you don't pray like that. It's not magic words. You pray from here. So the words, it's not about this. It's about here. So I don't remember exactly what I said, but I knew it was a lot more than what I did the first time. And I was a little bit expressive. I was a little bit loud, but I was like, God, I'm going to do it however you tell me to do it. So I did it and I walked away and, and I said I'll, I'll come back and check on you within five minutes she comes out goes into the sink and goes <coughs> and this huge glob of, I'm not trying to gross anybody out <laughs> this yuck and like what happened I looked her throat and all that pus-puck was gone and she immediately started to get better and I say that as when God says, you endure hardship as a good soldier as God trains you. So what I'm wanting for you to do, is encourage you to do, is you've got to give it how God's given it to you. The church has tried to quiet down to fit in to fit into somebody who doesn't want you in the first place. I'm not trying to fit into the world anymore. I don't care if they like me. I don't care if they agree with what I say. I've got something to offer from him. So I'm going to take what he's given to me and I'm going to give it to them because I'm not going to help you, but he's going to help you. He's going to change your life. He's going to give you hope. He's going to give you strength. But if I water it down and hold it in because I don't want to offend, then I rob someone else of getting what God's done for me. So we got to come with it. we got to come strong. Come strong with faith and say, this is the word of the Lord. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. I give you one, that's one good story, one victory story. I could give you a dozen stories where it failed. But I'm going to endure those hardships as a good soldier. And I'm going to keep on coming. Keep on coming. I'm giving you times that I prayed the way I thought to pray the way I thought he taught me how to pray. And I didn't get the results I wanted. But I'm still here. I'm still serving. So here's what I want to do today. He He said, no one engaged in battle entangles themselves with the affairs of this life. Here's what I felt like. I think too many in our world are entangled with affairs of what other people have said, what's going on. I'm entangled with what Facebook says and the news says and what this candidate says and what that candidate says and, and what, what uh, the health department says and I, I, I don't know what the school system says, what my government says. I'm, I'm entangled. I'm entangled that I'm immobilized and he's trying to immobilize the church. We got to please the one who enlisted us as a soldier. I'm not here to please people I don't want to make anybody mad but we're here to please him so here's the two words that God told me said I want untangled and engaged untangle from all your anxiety cares and stresses, untangle from them untangle from depression, untangle from the cares of this world untangle from the affairs of this life and get engaged when I'm entangled with everything I can't I'm immobile, I can't can't fight, I can't do. But when I get untangled from the worry and stress about what they say about coronavirus, now I am free to fight the way that God told me to fight. I'm not worried about what they're doing. He needs to be worried about what we're doing. The church is the hope. We've got to go out and do it.